0: Will the push for fish farms get in the way of a national marine conservation area on the south coast of Newfoundland? I'm Glenn Wheeler, and this is Mi'kmaq Matters, a podcast about Mi'kmaq people, politics, land and water. Welcome to episode 261 made possible with listener support. Become a patron at patreon.com slash matters. We got some much-needed good environmental news for Newfoundland and Labrador last month. Parks Canada is in discussions with the Halibu and Miobegag First Nations and the town of Burgio to establish a national marine conservation area for the south coast of Newfoundland, plus turn the spectacular Sandbanks Provincial Park into a national park. It's a project that has been talked about for 20 years or more. And now, finally, some tangible steps. The proposed marine conservation area would extend from the Poyle Bay east to Beta despair. The problem is that much of the very same area has been designated by the province for sea-based aquaculture, a no-no for a marine conservation area. Some in the town of Burgio want to have their cake and eat it too. They want fish farms and a marine conservation area. How will the consultation process deal with such differences in expectation? We spoke with Sigrid Kuhnemund. Parks Canada manager for Newfoundland and Labrador. Sigrid, uh, great to have you on the program. First, let's talk about the basics of um, of what's proposed for the South Coast. We're talking about a marine protected area of just over 9,000 square kilometers. Uh, and that reaches from La Poyle Bay uh, east to Bay Despair. And also turning Sandbanks provincial park into a national park. So Uh, A major development there. Just on Sandbanks, would that be the existing area of the Provincial Park or new boundaries?
1: Uh, At present, we're considering the existing boundary of Sandbanks Provincial Park. Uh, It's included within the uh, broader study area boundary for um, the National Marine Conservation Area. And through the process that we will um, undertake with our partners, there may be new information that comes to light and uh, decisions made that would change that boundary. So at the moment, we have a study area. And if we're successful in uh, deciding that a national marine conservation area is appropriate, um, we will then designate a formal boundary. And so that boundary may look Different from our existing study area.
0: Hmm. Now um, we know about the the beauty of the south coast, the uh, the fjords, and um, and just the stunning um, display there when you uh, when you see the uh, the south coast of Newfoundland. Uh, but uh, leaving aside natural beauty, which is not to be diminished, beauty is important in and of itself. Um, can you speak about the? the environmental significance of that area in terms of biodiversity and what particular about that area makes it deserving of a marine protected area?
1: Yeah, for sure, Glenn. And um, for Parks Canada in considering national marine conservation areas, we are looking at ecological significance in addition to cultural significance. So first I can speak to the ecological considerations. And um, as we said, the the study area includes the uh, marine component and also um, the current boundary of Sandbanks Provincial Park. And so there's many ecosystems and habitats comprised within that study area. Uh, for sandbanks, there's extensive beaches and marshes, and um, they provide habitat for um, piping plover, which is a considered a species at risk. Um, for the the marine area, the well, the area is um, has um, some of the largest tides in Newfoundland. Uh, there's the spectacular rugged fjord coast, um, which creates many sheltered uh, inlets and habitats for a variety of marine species. Um, there's over 20 uh, species of marine mammals that frequent the study area, including rare species uh, such as the blue whale, um, also, leatherback sea turtles, harbor porpoises. Um, humpback whales, fin whales, and orcas, also um, endangered poor beagle shark uh, aggregate uh, just off uh, Pass Island. So lots of um, diversity in, in marine species and in habitats, uh, which makes this area uh, particularly ecologically significant. Um, and then in terms of the uh, cultural heritage of the area through the feasibility assessment, Parks Canada will be looking at um, the cultural significance of, of the sites uh, working collaboratively with our partners, uh, which includes uh, the province of Newfoundland and Labrador, the town of Burgeo, Miwapakek First Nation and Halibut First Nation.
0: Now um, uh, in terms of process, as you say, uh, uh, we're at a discuss- discussion stage right now, and I understand there's a steering committee uh, that will guide the discussion, and the steering committee has the, the two First Nations, Melbourne and, and Halibut, plus the town of Burgio and Parks Canada. Is that uh, the structure of the steering committee?
1: Yes, yeah, so uh, our next steps really will be to uh, form that steering committee, and we have plans to meet in um, uh, later at the end of the summer and, and into the fall. Uh, we have an uh, interest in having a uh, shared uh, governance, uh, which is an equal ba- balance of Indigenous representatives and non-Indigenous representatives. So the steering committee will be comprised of two members from Parks Canada, two from the province of Newfoundland and Labrador, two from the town of Burgiel, three from Miwapakek First Nation, and three from Halibut First Nation.
0: And um, I suppose the, well, we we don't know what will happen during the discussion, but I suppose uh, the decision-making will be, will it be consensual or will it be a raising of the hands? What, how do these things work in terms of uh, making decisions?
1: Yeah. So the steering committee works on a consensus basis and uh, we spend uh, time in in terms of building relationship and trust between partners and um, always work to achieve consensus. And if that's not possible, uh, then we have um, mechanisms for uh, mediation and resolution to to, to kind of move us back into that consensus phase.
0: Mm. One issue that um, that uh, I don't know if it's an issue yet, but it seems that um, the issue of aquaculture is uh, has come up in terms of the south coast, and um, of course that area, the very same area that we're talking about has been designated by the province as um, as open for for aquaculture and many people in the town of Burgio see aquaculture as a, as an economic uh, plus for that area. But now we're talking about a, uh, a predictive marine area and um, and how do you see the aquaculture issue there? I see that you you uh, in CBC on CBC you said While the protection standards don't reference aquaculture specifically, they do indicate restrictions around ocean dumping that would make finfish aquaculture incompatible with a national marine conservation area. I don't know if finfish aquaculture was an important distinction, or you're talking about aquaculture generally.
1: Um, Well, when it comes to the uh, federal protection standards for marine protected areas, the, the ocean dumping um, restrictions and criteria really uh, speak to um, the activities that relate to finfish aquaculture. So uh, in, in looking at um, what can or cannot be possible within a national marine conservation area, which is a, a type of a federal marine protected area, it would be the, the finfish aquaculture specifically that um, would not be compatible. Uh, with an NMCA. So for the steering committee, and um, there's several issues to be decided, uh, and that will be the, the the work of the steering committee. And um, the committee will really be looking at the, the social, the environmental, and the economic um, benefits and also impacts of establishing a national marine conservation area. And the implications of that. And so um, we will be having extensive consultations uh, throughout the feasibility assessment process uh, with uh, local communities, with the general public, with uh, uh, industry stakeholders, targeted consultations, including uh, with the aquaculture industry um, to determine what the those implications would be. To establishing a national marine conservation area, so um, part of that work um, and with the steering committee, we have uh, agreed to respect existing licenses that are in place um, within the study area, and uh, we also have an interest in uh, working with industry, uh, and we're respecting future. Um, uh, agreements uh, that that may be in place for future aquaculture. And we have an interest in incorporating um, the components of the coastline and the fjords that will require and relate to um, ensuring that the National Marine Conservation Area will have ecological integrity, that... It'll contribute to our ability to provide um, significant uh, visitor experiences. And so it will really be the gathering of information, the consultation, and uh, negotiation uh, to determine what the final boundary will look like. And a final boundary for the National Marine Conservation Area, if we're successful in establishing it, cannot include any active aquaculture li- licenses so we we will be using the feasibility assessment process uh to work with our partners and all stakeholders including industry um to collect information and and make those make decisions around um activities
0: hmm. so two two questions arising out of that when you talk about finfish aquaculture is that a significant distinction or is what is going on now on the south coast of Newfoundland, is that fin fish aquaculture or are you talking about something different from um, the industry as it is in the province right now?
1: Yeah, Glenn, I think most of the uh, sites on the south coast are uh, like salmon aquaculture, which is, is fin fish aquaculture. Um, the impacts for uh, fin fish aquaculture are, are perhaps different from Uh, shellfish aquaculture um, or, uh, you know, there's uh, new um, initiatives underway for uh, not specific to the South Coast, but just in general uh, that that relate to seaweed farming. Um, So in terms of um, what can or cannot be included within a national marine conservation area, it really is the um, minimum protection standards that would be restricting the, the fin fish aquaculture.
0: Right. And of course, I guess the star fin fish is, uh, would be salmon. And we've uh, had a lot of discussion about impact on aquaculture and, and salmon on the South Coast. Um, and just in terms of licenses, uh, are there any uh, licenses now? in place for the area proposed from La Poil Bay to Beta despair that would be impacted by this um, marine conservation area?
1: Um, this will be a part of the feasibility assessment to um, identify those licenses and uh, but uh, yes there are existing aquaculture sites within the current study area. So throughout the feasibility assessment process uh, again we'll Undertake those consultations and engagement with industry and our partners, and to to make decisions around um, the activities that will that that um, will influence the final designation of a boundary for the south coast fjords. So, if those with those existing licenses in place. The boundary cannot include existing licenses, but we are leaving the two-year process for undertaking the feasibility assessment to really explore the nature of that activity, to do the consultations, to discuss with our partners, to collect information so that we're able to make um, solid recommendations to the decision makers who will then determine if it's feasible to establish the National Marine Conservation Area.
0: So it sounds like there might have to be some attention to the boundaries to uh, draw the boundaries in such a way that they don't take in um, aquaculture operations. So there. Um, do you see that as the way to uh, deal with uh, aquaculture designation of boundary as a as a potential solution?
1: Um, that'll be part of the process. Um, our interest from the get go is to be inclusive and to invite the conversation and the discussion. So as opposed to creating a study area that is much smaller, uh, which uh, is not impacted by uh, what is currently happening uh, with respect to um, not, well, not only aquaculture, but all industrial activity. um, We have the opportunity to work with our partners to consider all of the activities that are in play and use that information to inform the recommendations that the steering committee will make about the National Marine Conservation Area, including what the final boundary should look like.
0: Right. And um, And what about other fisheries like lobster is, uh, is a big money maker in Burgio? Is, uh, is lobster fishing and uh, a marine conservation area? Are they compatible?
1: So, um, commercial fishing can take place within a National Marine Conservation Area. Uh, one of the objectives for an NMCA is to promote ecologically sustainable use. And um, lobster fisheries uh, is an activity that is considered compatible, yes, within National Marine Conservation Area. However, we would be looking at that information, again, in, in the, um, within the feasibility assessment process. And also with an NMCA, um, when we look at future management of the site, if it's established, uh, we implement a zoning plan. And uh, there has to be, within an NMCA, at least one zone, which is um, a, you know, a, a, a restricted zone. Uh, which uh, protects the most ecologically significant components of the site. And there it must be a zone which supports um, ecological sustainable use. And uh, so there's a variety of uh, zoning options that will um, be developed through the final stages of an establishment process which would really get into the nitty gritty of um, the activities that are at play and um, what that means for the management of the site. Hmm.
0: Very good. We're, so we're at the front end of this process. And uh, as I see um, uh, from um uh, the coverage we're talking about a uh, I guess a conversation, an initial conversation that will last uh, a year or two, and and what then? How do you see the process unfolding?
1: Um, yeah, so within uh, our for Parks Canada to establish a national marine conservation area, we generally follow a five step process, and you know the first of that is to identify. Uh, a a representative site that is a good candidate um, for a national marine conservation area within um, the marine region that we are looking at. And in this case, it's the Laurentian Channel marine region. And um, Parks Canada, you know, has identified that site. Uh, It's been in on our books for, you know, two decades. Um, and we've had strong support from uh, the community of Bergio, uh across the past 20 years in, um, you know, helping to develop a conservation vision and and pushing to to get us to where we are today. Um, we've you know selecting the National Marine Conservation Area site is step two. We're now in determining feasibility. So that's sort of the the biggest the meatiest part of the process, and um, that's the uh, place where we collect information with our partners. We undertake extensive consultation and engagement uh, to um, consider the ecological um, aspects of the area, social and cultural aspects, and the implications of establishing the site to um, make recommendations to decision makers. And then if it's decided um, after this two-year process that it's feasible, uh, we would enter into a an establishment agreement where we're negotiating um, uh, agreements with partners and um, moving forward to formally protect the site under the Canada National Marine Conservation Areas Act.
0: Well, great, uh, Sigurd. great uh, news for the uh, Newfoundland and Labrador environment, uh, so... Um fingers crossed. Thanks for telling us about it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm very excited to be part of the process.
0: We were speaking with Sigmund Kunimund, Parks Canada Manager for Newfoundland and Labrador. That's it for the program. Look for us on Facebook and Twitter for more Mi'kmaq news and views. Mi'kmaq Matters is produced by Allison Baker. I'm Glenn Wheeler. I'm